Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for picking this podcast. Do you realize there's been over 2.3 million podcasts that have been started over the last decade or so? And yet, here you are listening to mine. Makes me appreciate you so very much. Thank you for being here. And if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend because the one thing I've discovered in almost seven years and 700 episodes of doing this show The way people find the show, it's not because somebody left a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, although if you want to go do that, you can. The real reason people find a show is because people tell other people. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful ways to market in this world, and so please take the time to tell somebody if you happen to like our little show. So before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International. One of the leading executive global cut. This episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. And today we're going to talk to somebody who is a senior leader. She is the CEO of Amazing Lash Studios. So Stephanie Ha is joining us today, and what she does is she oversees 260 studios, which are franchisees, that sell eyelash extensions to women. Now, as a middle-aged guy, I don't know much about eyelash extensions, but we're going to learn a lot today. And what she does is she helps with empowerment and confidence for their clients. So Stephanie, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you for having me today. So give me a little background about Amazing Lash Studio. Tell me more about it. Yes. So Amazing Lash Studio is owned by a holding company called WellBiz Brands. WellBiz is in the health and beauty portfolio space. And WellBiz owns five different brands within the beauty space and over 800 locations. And Amazing Lash Studio, um, as you mentioned, has 260 locations of franchisees. And we um, sell uh, eyelash extensions. And eyelash extensions, as you were just saying, um, where you probably haven't experienced them yet. But but guess what, Tom? 91% of women actually have not experienced eyelash extensions before. So That's that's a lot of potential clients that you have. If 91% have never had their eyelashes extended, that's a lot of women. It is a lot of women. And it's one of those things within from a category standpoint, it's it's relatively new, but it is definitely gotten away from the it just being a fad. And and how I always describe when I know something is not a fad anymore is um, when the uh, when the Midwest starts to adopt it. So I, I'm an Iowa girl, uh, and so it always would be New York and L.A. does something first, and then Iowa would get it two to three years later. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're seeing it, you know, across the Midwest, and then also seeing it where women, not only just those in their, in their 20s are doing eyelash extensions, you're seeing people of all ages, you know, in their 30s and their 40s and 50s. So we, we very much have gotten past that, uh, that, that fad stage. So did you found the company? How did you get involved with Amazing Lash? 
I did not. So Amazing Lash actually was started um, 10 years ago. And, and actually the, the founders um, had come here from, from Vietnam. And uh, Jessica was the, the name of, of, of one of the founders and her husband, Edward. And crazy enough, she was actually selling medical device sales. And she started playing with eyelash extensions on the side. The category wasn't even created at that time. And she started applying it to the, the female nurses and doctors, and they absolutely loved it. And her husband was like, wait a second, <laughs> we have something here. And so they opened up 10 years ago in uh, a, a teeny 800 square foot place um, in the middle of a strip mall. Uh, and there was a line outside the door. And that is kind of when the, we created the category. Um, 10 years ago on it. And it, it wasn't until um, Wellbiz, the, our holding company, bought them in 2018. And then I actually just took over the brand. And I might be a little crazy here, Tom, but took it over in the middle of a pandemic. So I took it over last year in 2020. <laughs> and, and that must have been an interesting time to take <laughs> over a brand that operates out of a storefront and involves human beings to be really, really close to other human beings to provide the product. So what was the <laughs> pandemic like for Amazing Lash Studio and, and, and how are things going now? Yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right, Tommy. Of uh, someone's actually touching your eye for two hours in the middle of a pandemic, or telling you it, where people are saying don't don't touch people's eyes. Um, it so one very much the resiliency of the Amazing Lash brand came out during during the pandemic. So first and foremost. Um, it was great being a part of a, a larger organization of WellBiz of, okay, none of us have a playbook for what you, how you deal with, with COVID. And, you know, number one was getting out there from a communication standpoint to our franchisees. So communication daily, communication on webinars, creating a communication hub, um, but really more importantly to help these franchisees and these owners survive during the pandemic time was to go through and say, okay, what are all the stuff that you have from a you know, fixed expense cost standpoint, how can we help you? So we have a whole real estate team that was helping deal with those landlords because rent is going to be your largest thing that you have to deal with. We have a whole finance and accounting team that my goodness, that these poor owners like trying to understand the CARES Act and PPP and um, all, all of that. So we were there and, and we're able to help get um, the majority of our owners get, get those much needed loans on it. Um, and then we have a whole distribution center called WAVE that was able to get all of the, if you remember back to a year ago, like trying to get masks or trying to get um soap dispenser, trying to get any of that stuff was really hard to get. So that was all I would say, like, how do you survive and figure out stuff from a safety standpoint? If you then flip more to like the consumer standpoint, women realized during quarantine when they couldn't actually get their eyelashes and how much they, they love them and miss them. And it became the very first thing that once the studios opened back up, um, it was a, like a floodgates of coming back in. Uh, oh my goodness. Thank goodness. I can finally go back to getting, getting my eyelashes. Mm. So it's been, um, it's more now the, how do you handle all the, the pent up consumer demand that happened during that time? 
So what's been the biggest challenge other than finances? What's been the biggest challenge then that your franchisees have seen as the doors have opened up? And, and now, of course, you know, we could be locking down again or at least pulling back a little bit. What, you know, besides the finances, what are some of the challenges you guys have faced? Yeah. So um, at, at first it was, hey, are, are consumers going to come back? But as I, as, I, as I mentioned, that became actually not a challenge at all. Um, we are seeing more people than ever. Our, our, um, our membership numbers were a membership model based because this is also the, the beauty of eyelash extensions is that from a business standpoint, um, once you have them, you need to come in every two weeks to get the fill back in. So it's a it's a membership model, and uh, that is back where we were at before. The biggest challenge that I'm sure you're seeing across every industry right now is how do we make sure we have the employees to be able to service all of this great um, pent up demand. And it's how do you get the the stylist? How do you make sure the stylists love working here? Um, and one of the benefits of being a part of a large franchise organization like Amazing Lash is that we have 3,000 stylists uh, across the board and then across WellBiz because we have things that are also in hair and waxing. We have 12,000 stylists. So we're able to help our franchisees, our owners on, gosh, how do you recruit? How do you retain um, what makes them tick, which you can't open a news article right now of people of uh, not seeing whether or not it's at restaurants, whether or not it's at your Costco, whether or not wherever it is, it's employee shortages across the board. Um, and that would be the biggest challenge they have. So what type of training do people have to have to be an eyelash technician, I guess? Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. Um, there's a lot of actually expertise in it. And so you're not, they do not learn um, how to put on eyelashes and whether or not they go to cosmetology school or estheticians. So we provided an amazing lash, the training of how to do it. So there's a um, first two-week training of, of how you do it. You're literally gluing. So since you haven't had it before, time, you're literally taking and taking adhesive um, and putting it on every single one of your lashes. And just so you know, on average, you have 80 lashes on each eye. So I, just imagine. I, I, had the, no, I had no idea. <laughs> but as you age, they also go away too. So I won't guess how many lashes you actually have on your eye, uh, on your eyes now. But it, um, just imagine that it's the dexterity. It's almost like a surgeon to have to go in and be able to take apart those lashes and be able to customize it because you have a certain shape eye. Um, different shape eyes, um, different adhesives to be able to use. So we we have a we have a two week training program right at the gates, um, and then we have ongoing quarterly training um, for for our stylists. So you mentioned that over ninety percent of women have never had this done, and your target yes. market is obviously you know getting more of those people to come in and, and, and become customers. I call this podcast Making Waves at Sea Level. As the CEO of a company that has this really big, wide open amount of prospects who've never come in the doors, what do you do to shake things up? How do you get attention of people to even try the product? Yes. So the, well, actually it's, it, one of the actually more simple aspects of it is the industry is so focused on this younger demographic. So when you think eyelash extensions, if you look, um, you think more, hey, 18, 19, 20 year olds, um, maybe they're more in the um, 
business of um, whether they're waitresses or whatever from an, from an appearance standpoint. The, the biggest thing that we, that we found out is who really loves eyelashes are people my age. So I'm in, I'm in my 40s. And as you get up into your 40s, you start realize, you still see yourself as this 20-year-old. <laughs> but then you look in the mirror and you don't quite look like that 20-year-old anymore. And what we have found is that that 40-year-old, 50-year-old consumer, it's, it's a way to to look younger uh, or look not even younger, look your age um, and and feel good and confident about yourself um, without having to have something more invasive or more expensive on it. And so the the waves is actually marketing to that 40 year old and that 50 year old. I'm a, I'm a marketer at heart. I'm a classically trained marketer and marketers for some reason love to just market to millennials. Like that's <laughs> a sexy group to market to. <laughs> well, there are a lot of them. So that's part there, of it. There, there are, but there's also a lot of 40, 50 and 60 year olds and they actually have the income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have the income to be able to pay. And they also are seeing the benefits um, on an ongoing basis, as I mentioned before, from a membership model standpoint. But marketers tend to not know how to talk to those 40, 50 and 60 year olds. So it's actually very basic um, some basic marketing tactics to be where, where's the 40 and 50 year old they're on Facebook. Yes. Um, but the bigger part is, is creating such an amazing experience. That group is then going to refer a friend and that is your best marketing. And I know it doesn't sound like sexy, but creating the best experience. So they refer a friend over who has the higher income that that's the, that's the big splash. Well, and that's what I said in my own intro to the podcast, right? Word of mouth is the number one way people find podcasts. Yes. I know a lot of podcasters spend a lot of money on Facebook ads and other stuff that with very minimal results. And yet, you know, the shows that continuously grow, it's because their listener base tells people. And so for a product like you have, it's got to be, you know, sort of along those same ways. So you, you said that your background, you came out of sort of a traditional marketing. What type of a background did you have? Let's let's go back to what did you major in in college and where did you go? I'm, I'm sort of curious, how does one become the, the, the CEO of a brand like this <laughs> when she's just in her 40s? Yes. Um, so, if we're, oh my gosh, we're going to go all the way back to my college years. So, yes, I, um, I, I well, knew where did, actually. Where did you, where'd you go to school, first of all? Yeah, I went to University of Michigan undergrad. Okay. Um, and if you even go before go, go that. Big blue. Go blue, go blue. Uh, that's where I met my husband. So we're we're training our two girls to be go blue also on it. <laughs> and if we if we go back even like further than that, I have um oh I was the kid in the neighborhood that was you know doing garage sales and selling all my junk and getting everyone to help me. I was the one creating the babysitter club, you know, type um, little bit. I was always trying to create these little side hustle and businesses. So I knew I wanted to go into business. I went to University of Michigan and did their undergrad program. Um, out of there, and you went to one to two places. You did finance or you did consulting. Those were the two things you did. So I went the investment banking route of selling small family-owned businesses, um, but quite quickly learned that I did not like being the outside advisor. I actually wanted to be the one running the businesses. Um, so in order to switch careers, I then went to Harvard Business School. And from there is where I went to General Mills. And so General Mills, and the reason I went there is that they 
Um, you're a, you're a brand manager. Um, you get to run iconic brands. Um, you're doing it from a marketing lens, but you get to own the, the, the PNL on there. And so that's where I was trained from a, well, I'd say classically trained market marketer, sure. um, on it. So, and really what's been fun is everything that I have run and done is all around female centric brands. So I've studied everything that she's done <laughs> in her life from what she eats to her exercise routines to um, now, now her beauty and eyelash routines. So now that you've been running this business for a little over a year, what do you love about being the CEO of amazing lash? Yes. So um, at my core, I love making products that, that women can't live without. And this will be hard, Tom, since you haven't done it. But once you have eyelash extensions, there's no going back. Like, it's just something. <laughs> it is, it is the, it's the, and it's more than just the how you look. Of course, you want to look and look amazing after it. But it's that the words that people will use is transformational. So we'll have guests after the first time that they get these eyelash extensions, um, a lot of times they'll cry. They'll be like, someone has just gone through a divorce. They're feeling bad about themselves. And then they get these extensions and they see. Um, so that part I love, but I'd say even broader than that is I, at my core, always want to be able to empower women and give women confidence. Um, and I've taken a windy road to where I'm at today. I have, you know, two little girls that are, that are 10 and 12 and they, they know no difference of whether or not a, their mom or dad should be the one that, that, that CEO. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm always setting the example for them, but then also with an amazing lash, we have those 300,000 stylists that I was talking about and 98% of them are females. And so being able to, really show. And when they first come to us, they're just looking at this as, well, this is a job that I'm going to do for like a couple months mm-hmm. and be able to show and help and empower them that there's, this can be a career for you and that there's so many different paths from a career standpoint and that there's endless possibilities. That to me is exciting. And, and that can, can, it'll be my small impact um, on being able to empower women. <laughs> I love that. All right. So uh, I've got some more questions for you, but first I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Stephanie Huh. Now, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that a lot of you listening do because 2.3 million have been started, I will tell you what, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Stephanie, as I said before, I call the show Making Waves at Sea Level. So let's step out of Amazing Lash and let's look to your experience for other entrepreneurs who are growing in any industry. What advice do you have for people who need to shake things up? They need to grow. They need to make an impact. Yeah. So um, I'd say that the biggest thing is, and I know this is easier said than done, it is be brave, not perfect. I like that. So, so expand on that. Be brave, yeah. not perfect. 
Tell us yep. more. Yep. So it all throughout school, you are taught how to um, study for something, and then you get the re- if you're quiet, you listen and you study, and you get the results. So school actually does not set you up for the business world, um, unfortunately, and making sure that if you're always going stuff from a perfectionist standpoint, then you're never going to actually take that, that leap. And, and being brave is not, that doesn't mean that you're not afraid to do it. It's the person who's afraid and does it, does it anyway. Um, so things that I'll constantly with my team on it, and it tends to actually be more, I would say a female thing than a, than a male thing on it. Um, so it's the, I'll, I'll talk to them about what's the worst that can happen. And usually <laughs> the worst that can happen is not that big a deal. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> if, if sometimes though in their mind it is, then it's better yet, what happens if you actually don't act on whatever the thing is? Um, and then sometimes that doesn't even help on it. So it is then taking whatever that daunting, huge thing that you're scared to do and break it down into, okay, let's break it down into the smallest piece until you're okay and feel like you can do that thing. But the bigger part on it is that you have to know along the way that mistakes are going to happen and then it's okay. And the more you make more, the more mistakes you make, you actually realize that life goes on and it's all right. I see it actually more even with like my 12 year old where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, I just want you to make a mistake to see that it's okay. And that's where resiliency comes on it. And then it's just pivoting and going from there. But if you don't try any of those things, then you're just going to get stuck in the rut of the same thing that you're doing. So yes. You you mentioned that sometimes this be brave, not perfect. is harder for women as the father of two daughters. I also, you know, this stuff, this stuff matters to me and and stuff like that. What, What can we do? to change that. So statements like that in the future don't have to be made. What can we do to, to make the girls lead with brave? Yes. And I, gosh, you know what, Tom, my husband and I like talk about it a lot and even see us falling into traps on it. Uh, there's lots, and there's so many studies that are out there that you not even realize that you're doing it or teachers are doing it is it tends to be that girls, you praise them for, Oh, you listen, you, that was so good that you were just listening. That's so good that you raised your hand. That was so good that you did like you follow the rules on it. And they start seeing that where boys, it, it tends to be that, you know, they're the ones shouting out the answers. They're the ones saying a bunch of things. And you're just like, Oh, boys will be boys. <laughs> you know, those type of like comments. And I, I even see it with us sometimes because, of course, it's much easier to parent a child who listens exactly to what you say <laughs> and does and follows the rules. But you actually want them or will even hear us saying stuff like, oh, be careful. Um, and, but then not saying the same thing to boys on it. So it is um, one of the things that we do every night is don't tell me what went well that day. Tell me what you made a mistake on. Like, t- tell me, tell me some things we do it at the dinner table. Tell me something. And if they can't come up with something, then they didn't push themselves hard enough out of their comfort zone. So tell me. And so I'll believe me, I'll come I, every night. I try to also emulate that of like, hey, mommy did this. That didn't go so well. <laughs> and so this is now what I'm doing. Um, or I try this way out of my comfort zone. I did OK, but not the best you know, on it. So I think one of the big things, if you can celebrate those, celebrate the failures on it, will will push, push girls. Um, but also if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's the, what you need to be able to do too. <laughs> so if somebody <laughs> listened to this and they need to know more about Amazing Lash Studio, how do they find you? 
Yes. So you can just amazinglaststudio.com if you're looking from a website standpoint. Um, and there you can be able to search locations. We have, as I mentioned, we're all over the country with 260 locations. So you'd be able to find the nearest um, location for you. Awesome. Any last advice for people who are listening? Oh, my goodness. Um, I on it is, well, go out and get eyelash extensions. <laughs> that, that will boost your confidence right there. Totally. It gives you that little, that gives you that pep, pep in your step. Um, and, uh, and as I just said before, especially in this environment right now with thing, everything being so uncertain, um, that being brave uh, during an uncertain time and being resilient is, is what's going to get you, get you through this pandemic time. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us here on Making Waves at Sea Level. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. Be sure that you come back every single week because we're going to have more interviews with people who are making waves in the world of business. So in the meantime, go out there, flex your business muscles, make sure that your career ladder is against the right wall because you don't want to climb the career ladder all the way to the top to find out you're in the wrong place. And then while you're out there doing all this, go out and have some fun. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.